Kyle. Hey oh. So Kyle, we did it. We did it. We watched 1979's Nocturna. Nocturna. God bless you, Dibonet. So so Kyle, give our, our listeners some background info on this. Oh, good lord. Quote, okay. Film, unquote. So you're talking about a Nibonet production from Nibonet Film Enterprises. Is it produced by Nibonet, written by Nibonet, starring Nibonet? Yeah, yeah. How many times do I say Nibonet before the name loses all meaning? It already has lost. It sounds like you've had a stroke. <laughs> Nibonet is a French-Vietnamese professional belly dancer and a go-go dancer from the 60s and 70s. Who, I guess, wanted to rejuvenate her career? She wanted to kickstart a proper film career. Like she'd done, I guess, some walk-ons, usually as, like, dancer number three, belly dancer in ca- in cabaret, etc., etc. And I think there's a lot of those are Filipino movies, too. Yeah, a lot of those are, are Southeast Asian uh, Filipino and uh, probably Thai and just small production companies that never got out of their local distros. Yeah, just general grindhouse trash. So, yeah. why do you think Vampire Granddaughter gr- Nocturna The Disco Granddaughter the of Dracula The Disco Granddaughter of Dracula was the, like how did this movie ever it's not a surprise that it was a flop. It's not a surprise that this is the last film Nibonet was never in, as far as my research goes. But why do you think she thought it was going to work? She heard Harry Nelson and Ringo Starr were doing it. That's my guess. Yeah, it is crazy similar in plot and tone to Son of Dracula. It's extremely camp. It's listed as horror, comma, comedy. On my VHS. Yeah, and that's where I want to call bullshit. I think that... I think Nocturna as comedy is the room as comedy. Right. The movie was made. The movie was presented to other people. They laughed. And to save face, Nibonet said, I meant for it to be funny. (laughs) Yes! It is intentionally camp, the way Batman 66 is camp on some level. Yeah, I mean, there is a pimp... A pimp vampire, vampire named R.H. Factor that sells blood cocaine. And has plastic Dracula teeth like you'd get in a trick-or-treat bag on a gold chain. Yes. So, I mean, there's that. I think my favorite part of this movie, which it's it's easy because I can count them on two fingers, is the shots where, in order to save money, uh, Nocturna goes to New York City and just walks through Times Square. Yeah. And it's just live footage. A random dude walks up and tries to hit on her, and she just stays in character. And they hold hands while running, and she says, I'm Nocturna from Transylvania. And you can see the moment where it goes south, and she's like, okay, it's not fun anymore to be followed in 1979 New York at night. At night. And like in the erotic film theater district. Yeah, yeah. So she's on Forty Second Street at like two in the morning because it's easy to shoot a vampire movie in abandoned New York, except for all of the catcallers that are like, like a rat king are surrounding her. 
Jiminy Cricket. And there are parts where you can see, like, the guys in the background of these street shots are, like, walking in yeah. pace. And you can tell that it's live because they're looking directly at the yeah, camera. right at the camera and following this woman wearing, like, a sequined bikini and a red Dracula cape with a sequined collar. It's if Vampirella went to a disco with more clothes on. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I hate to tell you, that's the plot of the Kate Left Vampirella comic. Is <laughs> Vampirella goes to Hollywood and becomes an Instagram influencer and um, dance club star. Shit, I would read that. It's I, pretty good. I deeply regret this, though. <laughs> the other thing that I like is the Edward Gorey mystery-ass animation when the vampires turn into bats. Yes, the little... Of car- first, it's like the there's like the f- they switch the film back for like negative positive image, a little cartoon poof, a little cartoon bat that is not really animated so much as sort of a cell being shaken in front of a camera. Yeah, it's it's almost rotoscope, but rotoscope looks better. Than it looks this. like clutch cargo and space angels. What it looks like? Yeah, it's definitely just. A picture dragged across the the cell. Except for the scene where they smoke a weed. Yeah. They smoke case, a weed a in this poster. movie. God, and it turns blacklight and Nocturna's human boyfriend says, This is very good grass. So they sm- they smoke one um one weed and that's another moment where I'm almost positive that Nye Bonet had never done drugs yeah. before. No, just... no, that's impossible because she created Nocturna. I don't think she, she ever smoked something. pot. She before. never smoked pot before because they have to. The, the boyfriend actor Billy Jimmy, what the hell was that guy's name? Johnny Squaredjaw, Johnny Dimplechin, has to walk her through how to smoke a weed step by step, and then they she takes a, a puff coughs her lungs out and they fade out and then fade back into the same scene. So, earlier today I was um, clicking around the blogosphere and I ran across a couple of cult film websites because uh, I like to know what my contemporaries are doing. And, you know, there's a really nice ethos of fuck the establishment, we're going to be DIY and we're going to give attention to films that deserve attention and, you know, forget the Academy. Um, and normally, I'm like, yeah, whatever, except um, I think we should burn the American Academy of Film down because the guys that edited, um, shot, and especially mixed the sound in this movie deserve to be goddamn saints. <laughs> because they took nothing and made it into a watchable piece of film. I don't think there was a microphone involved in shooting There this. was not a microphone a mile, in a mile radius of this. And Nye Bonet has the most effete, fae-like voice. It's the most gentle. It's whispering French-Vietnamese accent. Yes. With this rictus grin on her face. And you're like, what the fuck did she just say? (laughs) It doesn't... It's horrible. And and also, 
we have to talk about John Carradine is in this movie. John Carradine's in this a lot. John Carradine carries this film. John and Carradine brings presence to the role of Count Dracula, revisiting this role for about 30 years. Yeah, John... <laughs> They got an actual factual Dracula to play Dracula, and he's just so over it. <laughs> he has a long mo monologue about how kids these days don't understand what it's like to be Draculas. And he's got denture fangs that slip when he tries to bite people. He's got denture fangs. He's he in a goblet. Yeah, he has the them in a goblet. He has to make um, Nocturna do his hunting for him and his pervy incel werewolf butler. Um, incel Renfield, played by yeah. Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore is in this movie, who's best known as the voice of Rankin and Bass's Gollum from The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Hobbit and Return of the King. Lord of the Rings is a different guy. Thank you. Sorry. Um, that's Hobbit a and Return of the King. In the middle there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Man, Ralph Bakshi... We should talk Wizards at some point. Yeah, Wizards is really fucking good. Why didn't we watch Wizards? Here's the problem with this movie. Um, it's a bad movie because the entire time I watched it, I was thinking of other better movies to watch. Now, in my book, that's a, a colossal failure. Yeah, they're, when they're going down in the taxi and they drive past all the theaters... One of them is showing Seven Blows of the Dragon. I've got that, I'm pretty sure. We could just be watching Seven Blows of the Dragon. Yeah. I it's a Shaw to... Brothers, I'm pretty sure. I was reading John Carradine's filmography and weeping because of the years and years of quality content that man has put out. And then we had to watch this turd. I have Autopsy of a Ghost. We could watch Autopsy of a Ghost. We watched... We watched an uncomfortably long naked makeout scene at the start of this movie. So the pacing of this movie is also insane because it is only like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And yet it feels like it's been five years since we started watching this movie. The first third quarter of the movie is, is a softcore pornography. Yes, the first quarter is a softcore porn, which is also weird because most actors who are producing, writing, and pretty much directing the movie would um, not generally want to cast themselves in the nude. But that's not <laughs> Nibonet's Nibonet's deal is... Deal. Nibonet's casting directions for hot basis were find me the hottest male dancer you can so that I can then make out with him for approximately an hour. Yeah. In an, the nude. An hour. And then it's like they got to the final reel of the movie and were like, oh no, we have to figure out a plot. So they just quickly <laughs> threw something together. Ten minutes before the movie is over, they start smoking weed and Nocturna says, oh, by the way, I'm a vampire. And then the movie just ends with them making out in the sunlight. Because apparently, to stop being a vampire, you just gotta take up disco dancing and not yeah. want to be a vampire she, anymore. She disco dances instead of sucking blood. Now, is, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jugular... Jugularia? Jugulia. So it's Julia and Jugular mixed together. Jugulia. Dracula's ex-wife, but not Nocturna's mom. I worked out the timeline. Okay, so so explain this timeline okay. to me then. So Jugulia? Jugulia. Broke up with Dracula 300 years ago. Right. She says because that in the says, final reel. Like, he did the same shenanigans to me 300 yeah, years ago. He turns into a bat and flies away when you try to get serious. 
at the first act, Nocturna is stated as being 125 years old and uh, at marriageable age or whatever. Yeah. Which is like, I guess, 21 in vampire years. Right. So, this is like some old flame of Dracula that's like Aunt Jugulia to Nocturna. Now, let me put a pin, let's put a pin in this. Yeah. We gotta get back to that. You're telling me that in the film, Nocturna is supposed to be 21. I guess, yeah. 20-something. There is no fucking way Naibonet is not 45 in this movie. A very nice 45. She's kept it tight. I... She's taking care of herself. She has a dancer's body. <laughs> but she is the most road-hard, put-up-wet vampire. <laughs> I'm checking the movie DB. Another thing she did as producer is made sure to cast... No one younger than her in the movie. In any scene she could control. In any scene she in can the control. Opening Hotel Transylvania discotheque sequence. Sorry, that's a sentence I said with my mouth. <laughs> it's. Oh God, what's the name of that band? We looked them up. The Hard Truth. Uh, it does. It's a matter. real disco band playing, and it's just like a disco full of like eighty somethings. Yeah. And then she is, like, taking away. So, Bonet is a belly dancer. So, the only kind of dancing she knows how to do is belly dancing. But she does it really well. The cinematographer shoots her belly dancing scenes from, the, ne- from the chest up. Yeah, boob, boob up. Boob up. And, and it's just her spinning and this rictus grin. She made a movie after this. What did she, what was she in? 1980s Hoodlums. She was in Hoodlums. She also wrote Hoodlums. She also produced Hoodlums. So she was... made a second. She did a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Okay, it didn't work the one time. I'll do it again." So I love how this movie effectively. Oh, she was also in the Soul of I can't say that word, Charlie. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, basically, she made herself radioactive box office poison. She sure did. I don't know what her. I can't find her birth year. It's probably been guarded because she's an actual factual vampire. <laughs> oh gosh, she made another soft. I gotta stop looking. At yeah, the get off, sorry. get off your phone. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't. It's like that's a real good podcast, and I'm sorry. It's like um. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, don't look. Don't <laughs> don't look at that arc. Some things are not meant to be opened up. So sorry, you were telling me about the timeline of uh, Dracula. Yeah. So. You know, however many hundreds of years Dracula's been dracking around, he's old enough that his fangs fell out. But, yeah, he was dating the middle-aged vampire. Jagulia. Jagulia. That is not a name human, <laughs> even vampires have. It's never said in the movie because it's a name that only works in print. They say it, I think, when she knocks on the crypt door and says, hey, I'm here, it's Nocturna, Dracula's granddaughter. Oh, yeah, but it's whispered, <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't read in the, in the sound mix. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, who sleeps in her coffin in curlers, which That's is right. my favorite gag, actually, in this movie. Of, of many attempted gags. <laughs> that one kind of works. Um, yeah, I guess Dracula flew out on her met someone else and had Nocturna? I don't know. It ends with John Carradine and Jugulia boning in a coffin. So. Yeah, and, and 
John Carradine says, I don't think I remember how to do this. And Joe Giulia says, you'll be fine. And then he groans. <laughs> Let me get like an actual back. groan about why am I in this movie? <sighs> and like resignedly closes the coffin lid on both of them to have Dracula dick. And my complaint is that if you have Dracula dick in a movie, that's really the the climax, no pun intended. You should end your film. Pun definitely intended. Well, yeah, you, you caught me there. So, you should end the film with Dracula having sex. Who cares about Nocturno? <laughs> just, just give me that John Carradine butt right front just... and center. <laughs> you spent enough time on Nibonet's butt. So much time. Uh, another, speaking of Nibonet's butt, she is so covered in baby oil during the bat scene that it's got that disco light flare. It looks like a mix between the Bee Gees and like that uh, Black Sabbath music video. Yeah, it's like in Doctor Who, the, the old Tom Baker era Doctor Who, when the Cybermen were just wearing like silver lame suits and covered in chrome and they were shooting on vhs with like arc lamps yeah and you just can't look straight at it because you'll go blind it's like that yeah it's insane <laughs> so let's talk about this perv butler <laughs> you're talking about incel red uh incel red incel renfield yeah who is doing the uh, he's a werewolf right he's a werewolf but he never turns into a werewolf he gets a hairy hand once in a while yes he has very hairy arms He's voiced by the original Gollum, um, Frog Gollum, Best Gollum. Best Gollum, for sure. <laughs> um, also, the the weird troll guy that from uh, Last Unicorn that hangs out with the witch. Yeah, also, <laughs> uh, again. Same character, good. really. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so this guy is like, oh, I want to, I want to bone down Nocturna so bad. I'm so in love with her, and he's real gross about it. All but the time. then, as soon as she like doesn't reciprocate his feelings, he's like, you fucking bitch pig, I'll fucking kill you. I'll, and and listen, in the harsh light of 2019, not fun to watch no. anymore. No. Um, also that tongue thing he does. Yeah, yeah, he pants his tongue, he's, I guess trying to be a dog person? He's trying to do like that Tex Avery wolf red hot riding hood thing, except he's a regular person. Yeah. And they don't have special effects, he's just shaking, he's just Barty crouching his tongue back and forth real hard. So, another part of this movie, and I'm not really worried about going chronologically because <laughs> sequence does not matter in this film. No. Um, Things just happen. The other notable scene is the pimp vampire owns a uh, CD massage parlor called the Tricky Hickey. Called the Tricky Hickey, which he the Tricky Hickey. The Tricky Hickey. So the Tricky Hickey is actually a front for getting blood, which R H um, R H Factor R H Factor has been using to make red cocaine it's 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 just cocaine yeah but it's like this is dried up blood because this is the 70s and drugs um i found myself watching this movie thinking gosh the cast is so energetic and then remembering oh yeah cocaine (laughs) this movie how just really into that murder nocturnal was when yeah, Archbacker's yeah. so, vampire so hookers exsanguinate The vampire hookers, hookers exsanguinate a dude, and although the whole 
I guess conflict of the movie is Nocturna doesn't want to be a vampire. The thing she loves most is murder. She's watching them like needle this guy dry and like giggling like, oh, oh look, look at him. So the thing that's really sticking in my craw with the whole needling scene is the guy walks in to get a massage and something extra mm-hmm. and they quote him it'll only be $40. For four for people. For four people. And he says, that's a little high. And I guess, yeah, you know, $1979, you know, oil is, you know, there's an oil crisis, everything's a prob- problematic. Yeah, that is high. But they never collect the money. No. They just exsanguinate him. Well, yeah. And they're vampires. They don't need money. They have rent, Kyle. They have to (laughs) pay for that building. Maybe they're just hypnotizing the owners. I guess. I guess that's what they're doing. I mean, though Dracula complains that he has to run Hotel Transylvania out of his castle and host a discotheque in the claret room to keep up with the taxes. Right. So, So this whole issue of money is really just skirted around, which I guess also speaks to Nye Bonet's worldview of money is inconsequential to her. <laughs> Where does Nye Bonet's money for this film come from? I, How did she raise the capital I for this do production? I know. It's, it's one of Hollywood's greatest mysteries. Hollywood has nothing to do with this movie. It's such a boondoggle of a film. Like, if you ask me, define boondoggle, this is it. It is the most ostentatious waste of money think about how much money the so so they're at a disco at the end of the movie and it's called uh club starship starship one starship one the one is important it's like studio 54 yeah so the boyfriend wants to uh get rid of dracula because dracula's like no human's gonna date my granddaughter and he pulls off the T in Starship, and it just happens to be a perfectly lit, battery-operated <laughs> cross. And Vex says, I wouldn't advise that. Which is <laughs> that is something no one ever told Nibonet while making this film. Yeah. Except yeah. for maybe John Carradine right there was just looking at Nibonet and going, I wouldn't advise this. Yeah, and it's like, and then... John Carradine literally says, like, fuck this movie, and, like, walks off set. And it's like, I'm done. Oh, I'm I'm defeated. Bye. <laughs> That's probably the last scene he shot, and he just kept walking down the street and got into his car and got so it. I'm going to go pick up David off the set of Kung Fu, and you're just going to go to the, uh... I don't even fucking know. Oh. God, we're going to get some fro-yo. I don't know. Was Froyo a thing in 79? No. What's that sausage restaurant called? I mean, it's probably just cocaine. Wiener Schnitzel. It's probably just so yeah. much cocaine. <laughs> There's a disco scene, and I'm almost positive that in exchange for clapping and watching Nibonet belly dance. Well, brick square jaw Irish step dances. Strips. Yeah. Strips and Irish step dances. He very nearly takes off his pants and then stops. Yeah, I'm sure that everyone on set was just paid in drugs. Because there's no fucking way. There's no way that they would have been present otherwise. And they have this honest-to-goodness look of what is happening here. (laughs) Now, I don't mean to go all Hollywood. We had that look, too. Yeah, I don't mean to, you know, humble brag here, but I've been present for a couple of independent film shootings in crowd scenes, 
and you know, I've I've showed up when people are like, "Hey, we're shooting a club scene. Just stand in the background and talk, and then at this part, clap." But this is nowhere near that. This is the most forced, contrived yeah. clapping. There had to be some kind of exchange for them to be willing to do this. There's also a guy with a cane, an inexplicable shepherd's crook, knight at the Apollo cane. And the... He also has a derby hat on. He also has a derby hat on. But the willpower exerted not to pull Nibonet out of the dance circle. <laughs> Nibonet, who is flailing her arms like a kid at a Bane show. I mean, she's a pretty good belly dancer. She's a she, pretty good belly when dancer. She, when she stops trying to disco dance and just gets into her like learned routine... She's quite good. Unfortunately, that's ruined by, you know, chip a chin nipple. <laughs> yeah. Irish step dancing, occasionally just surfing his arms around her and then dancing away with his hands behind his back, tapping. Yeah. And playing with those fly. <laughs> I'm, I have nothing left to say about this movie. I, I'm trying to figure out why I hate it I so like much. if you went back to your page, you could write a dissertation on this movie. Yeah. I, I think I hate it so much because it's just... It says nothing. It is devoid of any kind of commentary. There's no awareness of what it's trying to do. It, it's, it's the exact same plot of Son of Dracula, and yet... As bad as Son of Dracula is, it was almost trying to say more than this movie. At least Gloria Gaynor's on the soundtrack. Yes, Gloria Gaynor is in Nocturna. And Kyle, am I about to say that this movie, Son of Dracula, is better than this movie? I was about to ask, like, our most comparable film on your list is Son of Dracula. Yeah, and yet... Son of okay, okay, so here's why two. Son of Dracula it's, is better. It's going to be either Son of Dracula or Captain EO. They're both vanity projects. Yeah, or they're ghosts, both... ghosts, rather, not Captain yeah. EO. So listen, Son of Dracula, I can't believe I'm saying this, is better because it is more... I can't... I. It's more <laughs> fun to watch. How is Son of Dracula with Harry Nilsson more enjoyable than Disco Nocturne. Because Ringo Starr is wearing an off-the-rack Halloween Express Merlin costume. Yes, and there are zombies in it, and those and zombies are pretty great. It's a good effect at the end of Son of Dracula. Yeah, and the budget was a lot higher. Son of Dracula, they sneak the mummy into a hospital disguised as a patient wrapped in bandages. So, let's look Still at our list. nuclear react. <laughs> so, not a dra so, so, Son of Dracula is number 378 on our list of a total <laughs> of 390 movies. <laughs> it's not doing well. Okay. I'm going to give it at least an edge over Necromantic because it has the taste not to have necrophilia in it. So Nocturna is somewhere below Son of Dracula and somewhere above Necromantic at 387. It's got to be better than Gremlin. Yes, it's definitely better than Gremlin because it's not a mockbuster. It's it's its own thing. Okay, so that's so we what we're really looking at here is Wolf Creek Two. Here's what we're really looking: is it 
better or worse than The Predator? The Shane Black Vanity Project. <laughs> hey, remember that one good movie? Let's redo that. But okay. let's fuck it up every step of the way. So, Nibonet was trying to do a good job. Nibonet tried she her best. She thought this was going to be her launching pad to, like, not necessarily serious cinema, but, like, starring role, sex icon, it girl movie roles. Yes. And John Carradine is trying his absolute hardest, he God bless him. He is showing up in character. He is... He's trying harder in this than I think um, Christopher Lee tried in some of the later Hammers. Yeah, yeah. He is a consummate he's professional. He's at least saying all of his lines. And he's an actual Dracula. Yeah. He played Dracula in several movies. Yeah. Pro-Drac. He was the replacement for Bela Lugosi, wasn't he? Or one of the replacements for Bela Lugosi. One of, yeah. He was in um, Dracula vs. Billy the Kid. We should watch that. Yeah, that, again, <laughs> okay. way better than this movie. Here's the other thing. The Predator made you mad because it said some bad things about neurodiversity. Yes, it is actively offensive. This movie is not... This movie is horny, but it's, it's horny not horny on Maine, but it's not actively... Well, okay. It is racist. <laughs> R.H. Factor is pretty bad. Yeah, it's so racist. So is Yang. And yes, so one is of Moo. the... Yeah. The strippers are um, of Asian and African descent and are called, respectively, Moo Moo and Yin Yang. So, it's pretty racist. But also, for 1979, not as racist as Love at First Bite, which came out the exact same year. Why <laughs> did the late 70s have so many vampire romance movies? Especially campy vampire romance movies. It, it seems like a direct reaction against Hammer. Yeah. When was that David Bowie sexy vampire movie? That was the eighties, right? Right. Okay. Because that, but that's that's different. That's the Hunger, right? Right. The Hunger is different because it's trying to be cool. It's almost like the Hunger and um, Videodrome are reactions against campy <laughs> vampire movies. They're like no. There, let's actually do fucked up, gross uh, romance. Okay, man. But but like the the nut that question of why what was in the water in 1979 to do these dumbass vampire romances? Was there just like a total like bereft of other ideas was there one of these that i'm forgetting that was popular and then they're just like cashing in there has to be there has to be something we're not that we're blanking on because this movie has erased our brains yeah and like dracula 70 so here's the thing dracula 72 was like the the nadir of the hammer dracula mm -hmm. because they were trying to make him more yeah important and like captain chronos was supposed to be like the reboot for hammer and make like dracula's more relevant and sexy yeah. so like it can't be that can it maybe maybe it was maybe there's just like a trickle down of like what year was dark shadows oh maybe it's dark shadows dark shadows ran for a long ass time yeah so let me find out here real quick it's so really it's not the Barnabas important. Collins section yeah. of Dark so, Shadows. So, so maybe Barnabas Collins 
is who we can blame. But anyway, so it's not... For some reason, the Predator... So, Nocturna wasn't... 6671 for Dark Shadows. 6671, so still it doesn't... Unless it's just that much of a gap in, in getting this greenlit. I don't know, man. So. Okay. The Predator is trying to be cool mm-hmm. and failing and being offensive along the way. Yeah. Nocturna is trying to get Nibane's career off the ground and is fumbling every step of the way. Failing spectacularly. I feel like Nocturna is sincere. Mm-hmm. In a way that the Predator is too cool to admit. Yeah. They were trying on the set of Nocturna. Yes. They thought they were... Someone thought... Nye Bonet thought she was doing a good job. Yes. There is there is moments where Nye Bonet really believes that this is going to be it. You can see it in her eyes. She thinks, I am doing great. Yeah. It's mostly when she's dancing, which yeah. is in her wheelhouse. Dancing. And a the... little bit when she's soaping her... Uh, privates. She's showing, like, look how flexible my legs are. Yeah, she's like, look how great uh, flexibility I am. Uh, Listen, Mr. Hollywood producer, cast me in your next film. It's basically a sizzle reel. Yeah, she's like, can I be a Bond girl, maybe? Yes, that's exactly what it is. So, I can't believe I would say it's... I'm baffled that it's worse than Son of Dracula. But it is. But it's better than the predator somehow i think it's better than the predator god i what have we done what have we oh this was your idea it was this podcast I, was your idea i was there when you and ryan thought it up i asked for this, movie this fucking was your movie idea. i said let's watch nocturna even seconds before we put it on i was like maybe something else maybe not nocturna we're, we're flipping through the catalog and you're like oh, there's some there's a godfrey home movie yeah, let's do something else, and and still Nocturna. So Nocturna is our new number, three hundred and seventy nine. Oh man! Oh, I'm so tired. I'm let's talk about Ibonese. Oh, let's talk about a good movie. Let's talk about Crawl. I saw Crawl. I saw Crawl. So Crawl should have been bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. Crawl should have been the, I don't know about the biggest film of its year, but it should have been a thing. When did we when did we drop Crawl? Nineteen eighty. It's copyright nineteen eighty three. Okay, there you go. So Return of the Jedi ish. Yeah, and it's very Star Wars esque. I mean, I think it's just the kind of thing where it fell. Um, around it was overshadowed with princess bride it was overshadowed with return of the jedi it, conan the destroyer conan the destroyer it's very much of that sword and sandal time but it's a little too weird and a little too gross it's so gross is it it's, rated g it's rated it's pg so it's it, a real gross pg it's a yeah. goopy pg it again it's very much in the goonies grim ones mm-hmm. we got to come up with all around that same time. Yeah, too. PG-13. Because this can't fly anymore. This, here's the thing with Crawl. I think why it failed. Because I love Crawl. I do too. So it dropped around the same year as Return of the Jedi, right? 83. Mm-hmm. A year after, or two years after Conan the Barbarian. What they were thinking was, okay, Star Wars is wrapping up. 
sci-fi space opera is wrapping up. The next big thing is is going to be these damn Conan movies. They're going to make a million of them. We're going to get, we're going to do what if Star Wars was Conan? Yeah, and and it was should have been a license to print money. Right, but no one bought. They no had one... a toy line in place, and the company that made the toy line got bought out by Hasbro and dissolved. Or maybe bought out by Kenner and dissolved. One of those two. It was bought out by either the people making G.I. Joe's or the people making Star Wars toys. Like, nope, this cannot exist. Now, when did you you first see this movie? Oh, God, 89 to 94. I would have been somewhere between, you know, 10-ish when I saw this. And what was the format? Uh, t- I think it was on TNT. Okay. I first saw this uh, renting it from the local Blockbuster. So it was definitely, I think it it was too late for us to see the theatrical run. Yeah. And we were the target audience. Because this real, the glaive, the spinny knife thing just captured my childhood imagination. By the way. Yeah, it's a glaive is a big spear of a sword on the end of it. Yeah, but this thing, this magical, this magical frisbee, frisbee with blades on it, this hard ticket to Hawaii frisbee with knives on it, um, just was so great. And like the fucking horses that run so fast, they make thunder because mm-hmm. they got a lot of legs. Yeah, it's that damn um, Walt Simonson bullshit up in here. Yeah. It was so good, but I think that it hit the wrong time, and no one saw it when they should have, and it just didn't. Can we talk about the Beast for a second? Let's talk about the Beast for a second. Okay, the way they visualize the Beast is the way you would film a Lovecraft monster. Yeah. Because you can't conceive of the whole thing. It's so big, it's so weird, the angles don't make sense. So what they do is they put a guy in a rubber monster costume, whatever... And they shoot him through a fucking kaleidoscope. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so you're good. you only seeing, like, you see a hand and an eyeball floating off next to it and shit. Yeah, and the fact that the castle is the beast. That is why I would yeah. argue it belongs on this list. Because the beast is too creepy to be in a regular fantasy film. Yeah. And I wonder if the beast is one of the reasons why it didn't catch on as a mainstream classic, oh, so and it has and caught weird. on as a cult classic. And the stormtrooper guys, with yes, that, like when you kill them, a slug flies out of their head and runs away, and they scream. Yeah, and it's very gruesome. It's ghoulish. They crush that dude in that door so slowly. Yeah, they and while everyone screams and cries, and the fact that everyone that every creature with that weird eye can see through, like the beast sees through mm-hmm. that proxy eye, it's really great. Also, Liam Neeson's in this for like 30 minutes. Liam Neeson's in this for 30 minutes. Also, Robbie Coltrane's in this. Just Fucking looking Hagrid like Robbie Coltrane. He just looks like Robbie Coltrane. There's no... He is Robbie Coltrane fell into a fantasy movie with no costume. He's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans being Robbie Coltrane. Being like, you know, in 20 years I'm going to do this again. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> hey, I, hey guys, I'm here. And, and the character... Who is the the main actor? I don't think Nobody he was in, in anything else. He is trying to do an Errol Flynn and not doing it well. Or he's trying to do a, a guy from Princess Bride and not doing it well. Basically, Ken Marshall wants to be Carrie Elways yeah. and no one remembered him. Yeah, basically. He's in the same costume. <laughs> he is. 
So one of the things I, I forgot to shout out was uh, Mill Creek Entertainment sent us this brand new Kroll Blu-ray, which um, comes in a A-plus VHS slipcase that has a warning, this cassette will melt sticker on it. God bless them. Which is exactly the uh, aesthetic for this film. Um, it's got a fake peeled up sci-fi sticker on it. And uh, it rules hard. So go pick up this this uh, Blu-ray because they were kind enough to send it send us to it uh, send yeah. it to us. I'm sorry, Nocturna has melted my fucking brain. Um, I got but, those red corpuscles and white corpuscles, Quincy. Oh my god. So yeah, like the Beast is the like even when I saw this as a child, the Beast gave me nightmares. Yeah. I think that one of the reasons why this movie is so fuzzy to me, because I've watched it so many times, and yet the plot is still, like, ethereal, is because it's so creepy, like, my brain has erased it yeah. for me to survive. Like, the plot is actually very straightforward. If you play Legend of Zelda, you know this plot. You save the princess, you save the world. Yeah, but the non-Euclidean castle elements are just so horrifying. Yeah. That your brain has to do a dump in between viewings. The immortal sexy spider lady with the giant ass puppet spider. Yeah, yeah. That's a good puppet too. Your brain is like, you know what? You better not hold on to this one. Um, <laughs> here's Nibonet. Uh, <laughs> what if Nibonet was the princess in Kroll? My god, I would not have remembered. <laughs> so let's talk about where we want to put this movie on the list. It's very high. Scroll up. Keep going. Okay, okay. Keep going. So I'm looking at Return to Oz. Speaking of other traumatic, dope as shit childhood movies. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Return to Oz. The only thing I remember about Return to Oz is the Wheelers. Yeah. The Wheelers are the best and creepiest part. I turned that movie off, pulled it out of the VCR, and ran into the kitchen crying to my mother why did you rent this? And she's like, I thought it was a cartoon. And then she watched it, and then she returned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like the time Pops from Ritsuka Dojai by accident. <laughs> so speaking of which, Nocturna watches... Uh, I'm sorry, I can't let it go. Uh, Nocturna doesn't have a third reel. It's like just they threw spaghetti at the wall and saw what stuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's very much that, that attitude of, we've got your money, now you can just go fuck off. Yeah, basically. So I'm looking in the 150s uh, area. Carnosaur is 148. I feel like it's not as good as Carnosaur. See, I like it more than Carnosaur. Well, yeah, it's it's very much that same VHS video store vibe. Here's why I like Crawl more than Carnosaur. Carnosaur is a very neoconservative movie. Yeah, it is about you know, weird reproductive rights and, and dinosaurs. Um, you know, it's better than The Ring, I'll tell you that. The American Ring? The American Ring. Sure. Um, it's not as good as Jennifer's Body. No, it's it's not as That's, good as I Jennifer's Body. That's, I think we found our spot for it pretty quickly there. Okay, so our new number 143 is Krull. I don't know why we go to extremes. It's it's something that we've done. Kyle, where can our uh, listeners find you on the internet? Oh, gosh. 
Um, Instagram is my most acceptable form of social media contact. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at nonplayable. It's mostly cats right now, though there might be some D&D related crafts happening soon. Um, yeah, I've got a Twitter. I don't like it. <laughs> it's just me being anxious and upset all the time. So yeah, just look for me on Instagram. Look at my cats. Uh, look at hashtag put your foot down. Ellie, that's a good cat. That's an A-plus cat. Uh, you can she's probably right hear here. her walking around. Uh, she stepped in some scotch tape, I think. And you probably heard that. If you uh, eagle-eyed listeners, eagle-eared listeners can hear Ellie stepping on tape. You can hear Ellie stepping on anything. She is 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also on Instagram uh, at just Rankinvile. Uh, we're on Twitter at RankinvileCast. Uh, if you want to send us a listener request uh, and you want Ryan and me to rank it, send that to rankandvilecast at gmail.com. If you want us to review your film, also uh, shoot us a line there. Or if you're interested in guesting or doing an interview, uh, let us know. We have a Tumblr, Rank and Vile. You can also send film requests to our Ask Box on Tumblr. It's an Ask Box. It's Rank and Vile. It's an Ask Box, yeah, because it's Rank and Vile. Uh, we have a TikTok on. Uh, we're at Rank and Vile on TikTok. Uh, Still don't know what that is. Yeah, you know, the, we're trying to be uh, into the kids. We have a YouTube. We have a grand total of one video. You can find our YouTube account, Rank and Vilecast. You do have to be over 18 to watch our video. Uh, we also have some playlists that all ages can watch, um, including the best horror rap tie-ins. Uh, yes, Snoop Dogg's. Uh, True Blood Rap Osuki is on that playlist, <laughs> as well as Ice Cube's uh, Deep Blue Sea Rap. You got that uh, Freddy Rap on there, right? Freddy Rap is definitely Freddy's on there. Show, it's called. Yeah. Uh, also, the Maniac Cop theme. 2. Uh, Nocturna will go on the uh, horror themes that slap uh, <laughs> playlist that's also on YouTube. So, until next time, uh, keep it spooky. Alright, goodbye. Now we have to think about the choices we've so Ryan's in New York, and he, can they get us Nocturna's autograph? I hope.